Welcome to the Healing Courageously podcast, where we engage in open, honest, and healthy conversation about everything from addiction, abuse, and recovery to marriage, family, and spirituality. We hope you find this podcast helpful. Our goal is that you will find a new way of living as you look closer at yourself in these areas of your life, which will lead to a happier and healthier you. Now here's your host, Randy Boyd. Greetings and thank you for joining us on this episode of Healing Courageously. Now, recently I read a post on Facebook and a person in recovery asked this, this question. What are some other higher powers people use other than God in the Christian sense? And that really got me thinking and wondering. Um, one of the last podcasts I did, we talked about God and, and the recovery world and, and what he is and what he isn't. So we're going to be diving in, into that tonight um, on this episode or today, whenever you might be listening to this on this episode of uh, Healing Courageously. And I got uh, a good friend uh, and one of the disciples at our church, and he, him and I, we think along the same lines, and he's come a long way. I mentored him for him and his wife for quite some time. He's still mentoring him, but I got Albert here with me, and um, he's pretty pretty spiritual. And he, I really admire the way he, he, he can speak about the Bible and speak about God, so... Um, Albert, you want to say hi to everybody? Hey, how's it going? Uh, first and foremost, I just want to say thank you for allowing me to come onto yep. your podcast. Of course. This is great. It's a great thing what you are doing. Um, I'm just happy to be a part of it. I'm glad you are. I'm glad you. you are. You put a lot of insight. So, you know, when when I when I read that post, the first thing that went in my mind was that God in the Christian sense and. Growing up with a God in the Christian sense that I thought was God, right away I went to how many people have that same question? How many people have been hurt by the church? And, and you know, we want to blame it on God, but it's really the people in the church that can twist the concept of God around. And I believe. Um, I know that when I walked, when I got into recovery at first, it was the God of my understanding was one that molested me. That right. beat me and was condemning, and um, so that was God of my understanding. And, and, and you know, when you get in recovery, there, there's the second and third step are really important, and, and the second is actually a precursor for the third step because it says we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Right. right, and that power could be the mountains, could be the ocean, could be whatever whatever it wants to be. Yeah, and, and so it becomes very confusing for for people and. I've been in the rooms of AA enough, and, and I know in any kind of recovery. And then, well, even in our churches, people walk in and they've been broken by people in the church, yeah. right? And so, First uh, Corinthians one eighteen says this: it, it, to, to talk to cross to those that are perishing is foolishness. Mm. So we have to be re- very gentle when we when we approach newcomers in a, that are coming back into the church or, or that are trying to figure out, hey, what's you know what's with God? How am I going to deal with this today? And I know my journey took me through through when I walked back into the rooms of, of AA. That's where I was able to find and, and, and discover God. That is that Dick B talks about it in his book, and that Bill and Bob talk about it in the program of Alcoholics Anonymous. God Yahweh, God Father. Right. You know? And and oftentimes, what it takes for us is 
for the non-believers when, when they're ready it, it was for me it's like i had to take a journey and look back over my life and what where was god in my life it become undeniable that there had to be a god because of the things that happened to me in my life absolutely you know and you've experienced some of that stuff as well albert and, yeah i think you know it, it's important to understand that everybody has a different point of view of who god is or what god is and you mentioned earlier you know something that that step three does say is you know we to accept god or to find god as we understand him and i think that's where not just in recovery but everywhere else in the walk of life or or on you know in in the world in general is is people come to a sense of god is x y or z mm -hmm. and so it's easy to say in in the short term that the god that you see is the god that you're going to get and so if you see a god and the only point of view of god that you have <clears throat> through the struggles that you were involved in in life as a little kid, then you're going to find a God or believe in a God that is, um, could be condemning, could yep. be a condemning yep. God. Yep. Um, if you're a person who grew up and you, you know, like to party a lot, you were drinking, you were drugging, you were just having fun, and now you, you know, start entering the religious realm and you start going to church and people are, are are talking about God, then you start to look at him as a a Dracula God, which means he's there to suck the life out of you. And and yep. you know, that that's the total complete opposite. You know, God says that he came to give you life and more abundantly. And so um, when you start to understand God, the God of the Bible, uh the God of Yahweh, um you, you get to see that it's a lot bigger than what our, our our physical and mental mind can even hold them into. A lot of people, you know, the world, we trap God and we put him into a box. Yeah. He's, he, he's much more greater than that. Yeah. You know, he's he's the alpha and the omega. He's the beginning and the end. Um, and, and one thing to understand, first and foremost, and, and it, it explains it all through 1 Corinthians chapter 13, but it's a he's a God of love. Yeah. And I think that's really hard for people to understand, especially when you're coming into an adult age. And we might have seen God or understood God from either the way that we were raised or the way that we see him as a little kid. But if we saw him in a certain way, in a younger aspect of us, now entering in adulthood, we need to get to understand him now as an adult. And I think a lot of that comes from the places in life when we get to the bottom. Yes. When we're at the bottom of the bottle or when we're at our knees and there's no there's nothing else to do but to look up. That's and, that's exactly yeah, it. Yeah, and, and I think not not just that, but that just proves that there's there is a God because what happens, even for agnostics, even for people that don't believe in God, when everybody reaches that point Everybody falls to their knees and they look up. Absolutely. Yeah. Who do they turn to in their darkest moment? Right. And where are they at today? Right. Right. Yeah. That's exactly the truth of it right there. Yeah. You know, and it's like, like, you know, me growing up as, as a kid and, and believing, you know, well, I hear this all the time too, but 
I'm being molested. I'm being beat. I'm being emotionally abused by a, a Christian stepfather who's a deacon of the church and a, and, and a Christian mother who's a member of the choir and the pastor of the church that just says, hey, man, it's just part of growing up and you won't be gay. It's hard to believe, and I run across it all the time. Don't tell me that God's a God of love if he allows that to happen to me. And here's what's really important for people to understand. And, and it's a, it takes a while sometimes to grasp it. God didn't do it to me. Right. God didn't do it to you. God gives man free will. That's the one thing I've learned about God. He's a gentleman. Yeah. Right? He's not going to push you into anything. Right. And he, Genesis 50-20 says it. It, 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 took, it took a while to get there. But what man meant for harm, God yeah. meant for good. He brought me to this place to save the lives of many men. Yes. If I wouldn't have gone through all that, I wouldn't be able to help anybody. Absolutely. So you sit there, you know, what is the essence of God? Love, right? Yes. Okay, so what is love? It's right here. You, you, started, you brought it up. It's in 1 Corinthians 13, 4. It starts as, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not par- uh, parade itself. Is not puffed up. Does not believe. Uh, does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in inequity, but rejoices in the truth. Bears all things. Believes all things. Hopes all things. Endure all things. Love never fails. Now that's the description of love, and a lot of us grew up just the opposite of that, thinking that was love. Right. Right. And so. Right. It's it's. Albert touched on it. And I touched on it. The God that I understand at first, you know, turn our will and life for the care of God as we understand God. Well, I went into that God that was in a box. Yeah. But through the through the through the the uh, uh, alcoholics anonymous and being allowed to finally question, mm-hmm. what about this? You know, yeah. what about that? I, I looked at Buddhism. I look at him. I looked yeah. at it all. Yep. And that was where I was able to find, okay, there, there is a God. And when I look back over my life, only you can't call on a rock to save you. Right. You can't call on a tree to save right. you. But you can cry out to God and miracles will happen. And it, it, they happen over and over in my life. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think also, too, when people start to finally come to God and they enter a church and they have a church that is telling them that God is love. I think what happens is when we're coming out of the world and we're starting a relationship with Jesus Christ, the sense or the understanding of love that we've experienced in life is totally different from what the Bible explains mm-hmm. that love is, exactly. as you just read. Yep. And so when we think of love, we don't think of all those things that you just uh, quoted in 1 Corinthians 13. And if we break down the Bible... You knock out all the commandments. You know, Jesus and the disciples were speaking one day and he said, you know, the disciples asked him, Rabbi, what is the greatest commandment of all? And it was only two things. Basically, it's love God and love people. Right. So you love your God with all your heart, your mind, soul, and strength, and then love people as you love yourself. Love the neighbor as you love yourself. The The troubling part is, and where our human nature comes into place, is that we start to love people the way we understand what love is. And so... First of all, if I'm supposed to love my neighbor the way that I love myself, I have to love myself first. And if you don't experience the love of Christ in your life, then the love that you're putting out is not going to be very effective. So that's why we get hurt, whether it's in the world or in the church, because 
first and foremost, we have to understand who we are, be happy with, with, with who we are, and start a healing process that develops inside of us that helps us have a clear understanding of really what love is. Because I can only put out as much love as I receive. Exactly. So if I'm not receiving the love of Christ and I don't know what the love of Christ is, how am I supposed to love my neighbor? And that's why there's so much things that are going on in the streets. There, there, you know, when it comes to 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 the world, or when it comes into politics, or when it comes to race, everything is so black and white, and nobody can meet in the middle anymore because you're either so far left or you're so far right. You're either right. so far on on the dark side or you're so far on the right side. And God, His first intention when bringing Jesus Christ into the whole world was to have everybody come into the middle. And right now, we're not seeing any of that because we've been so conformed from this world. Yeah, absolutely. And everybody is running to other things that they call to themselves a higher power, which can be the TV, which can be their car, it can be finances, it can be their job, it can become a drug or a substance or a bottle. And and what happens is that they're looking so much into something else rather than looking into what God intended everything else to be. And so when it comes to temptation, because that's that, I think that's the bottom line of everything, is that we all have struggles, we all have temptations, and when we're looking for a God or a higher power, it's to help us through those times where we are hitting rock bottom. But all that comes from three things, and the Bible explains it in Luke that you are tempted in three ways. There's the pride of life, the lust of the eyes, and the lust of the flesh. And when we're looking at all of that, we see that we're getting attacked from each and every way. And you brought it up that when you know when you were younger, you had all this thing that, that's happening to you. And what, what happens is because we're so conformed from the world, the enemy tries to conform us in so many different ways. And that always happens from the outside in when God really wants to transform us from the inside out. And so Romans 12, 1 says, do not be conformed of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I think that's what needs to take place is there's a new renewing. There's a spiritual awakening that has to take place in order for you to understand God Almighty or your higher power is more than just a temporary X or an object or a person. It's something more than that. You know, like you said, we, we we turn to the bottle, turn to the drug, turn to sex, but... I know you know this as well as I do, that the problem's still there when the next yeah. morning you wake up. And a lot of times, the problem can be exasperated, yep. right? <laughs> so we've got all these false gods, right? Where in Exodus 23, it says, um, Thou shall have no other gods before me, right. no idols, no nothing, right. right? And so it's like, why do we keep turning, like he said, what other, what other god besides the the, the, the God in, in, the, in the Christian sense. There's only one God. Yep. And so people put labels on that God, yeah. right? And so why are we turning to things like alcohol or money or you know, the success in the, in the, in the, in the uh, financial world? Why are we turning to that to solve our problems? And the problems, and what happens is we, 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 we hit a level of success and we find out, well, that didn't work. Right. So we're, now we're going to go farther. Yeah. Right or you know in my in my case I got successful I was hanging around successful people hey they were doing this they were they were having affairs well I guess that's what I got to do mm-hmm. right yeah. and so all that does is lead to trouble right and so that's the difference between 
false gods, false idols, and God, Yahweh, God the Father, is yeah. that he's, he, he's going to lead us to a better life. Is it going to be a perfect life? Is it going to be easy? No, a lot of times it can be a lot harder, right? right? Yeah. But it, it's a choice that we got to make. So is there a God in the Christian sense? Well, you know, that's what you want to call him. But the reality is, it's like, turn to God. Mm-hmm. You know, read the Bible. I mean, when I started reading the Bible, when I, when I got, you know, in the recovery and then started going back to church, and I started reading the Bible and, and I saw it in a different light. Yeah. Because I could, all of a sudden I started relating relating it to my life. It's like, wow, this is talking about me. Yeah. You know, and there is a couple of scriptures in here. One's in Luke and one's in Matthew. And um, I'm going to just kind of paraphrase them. Yeah. That I, I, I never... You don't hear these scriptures because they have to do with the condemnation of, of people that do harm to children. Yeah. And it basically, one, uh, one of them says that if you if you harm a little one of mine and cause him to fall from my grace, you'd be better off with a millstone tied around your neck and thrown into the sea. Mm-hmm. And basically what Jesus is saying in that is that you'd be better off dead over harming one of my little ones. And here's the other key one, too, that I don't think we don't hear, and fathers don't read it, is that, and it all comes back to... to these are scriptures that that are used against children, but the scripture says, "Do not, um, do not, uh, do not anger your children, fathers. Be careful not to anger your children mm-hmm. and to cause discouragement." Mm-hmm. Okay, we don't hear those scriptures. I, I, I don't ever hear them being said right. in church. I mean, those are the things that we we need to know. Say, so, hey, it's, it's right there. Yeah, fathers, do not do not anger your children or cause them to be discouraged. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so. That's where all these people fall away from the belief of God. It's 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 not what God's done. It's what people are doing. Right. Right. Yeah, I think we need to come to an understanding. Um, you know, we live in a sinful world, and so we were born into this world uh, through sin. You know, yeah. and that started from the very beginning in the Book of Genesis. You know, right. you had Adam and Eve and God told them that you should eat from every tree that's inside the Garden of Eden except for the tree of uh, knowledge and good and evil, right? And so it started from there, and all the problems of the world came along with it. And, and, and one of the things is that you're right. Like, it's not God that does any of this. In fact, the Bible even says that when it comes to temptations, it's not God. Um, God doesn't bring the temptation on you. It's from... Uh, the devil and so what happens though is that because we are so corrupted in this world because we are so conformed because we are brought into a sinful uh, nature our heart is our already holds all of that hate Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. there is so much stuff the bible says that the heart is the most wicked and deceitful thing in our body now yes there's some good things about our heart the bible does say hey um, you know, God will give you the, the uttermost desires of your heart. But the problem with that is that when you go into Jeremiah, Jeremiah says that the heart is the most deceitful thing that we have. And so you never understand how wicked a human being can be until you really look at the heart. And you can go back into history and you can just see the utmost 
dirtiest, ugliest things that have been that has happened to to people around the world, to certain cultures and religions around the world. People that are getting martyred. You 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 got the whole uh, uh, Holocaust. Like that was one of the worst things that's ever happened in, in in mankind in general. And that is all from this wicked heart that we have. All right. We all right. have we have <clears throat> a wicked heart. Um, and all of that is because of the sin, sinful nature that 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 we have brought into, right? And 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 the only thing that can change that is having a relationship with Jesus Christ, with your higher power. Because you know God says that man looks at the outer appearance of a person, but God looks at our heart. And the only way that our heart gets transformed is by accepting Jesus Christ. And it's amazing how much the outside of a man can be deceiving. Right. It just, I mean, I mean, I know for me, um, I, I hid behind a facade of being a successful businessman. I have, you know, the, the beautiful wife, the children, right? So we can hide a lot, but if you pull back that veil, that facade, there was, you know, there was a broken man that didn't love himself at all, you know? Absolutely. Um, so it's like, <laughs> you know, and, and God says too that when we're tempted, he will always give us a way out. Yep. Always give us a way out. Yeah. And it's just, that's where it's like, you know, well, how come God didn't save me? Well, probably because he gave you a way out and you just didn't listen. Right. Right? So why right. are you blaming it on God, you know, right. when you knew if you did this, you were going to be in trouble. Right. Right? You know, in, in Jeremiah 2, 27, 28, we're talking about this a minute ago, that says, saying to a tree, you are my father, and to a stone, you gave birth to me, for they have turned their back to me and not their face. But in the time of their trouble, they'll they'll say, "Arise and save us." But where where are your gods that you have made for yourselves? Let them arise, if they can save in the in the time of your trouble. For according to the number of your cities are your gods. Mm-hmm. All right. So yep. again, look at. You know, the God that I questioned for 35 plus years is the God that saved me. Yeah. When it got down to it. Yeah. So, you know, if, if you're out there, again, we're, we're not here to tell you that you got to believe in this God. We're, we're here just trying to educate people that, you know, there's a lot of other gods out there that people are looking at. And the reality is, is that if you think long and hard about it, what are they really going to do for you? Right. You know, I mean, yeah, everything's temporary. Money brings temporary satisfaction. A nice car brings temporary satisfaction. You know, um, partying brings you temporary satisfaction. But the one thing that I've discovered, and I know you have too, Albert, is that the one thing, peace and serenity beyond comprehension, not to say that we're without our own problems and our own trials, right? But God, with God, there's no, there's no problems at the end of the night, at the yeah. end of the day. I lay my head down on my pillow and I, I don't have to worry no more. Right. I don't have to wake up in the morning and go, what did I do last night? Right. You know? Right. Um, so, you know, God in the Christian sense, I can I can understand, like I said, my first thing was, what are people doing to people mm. that, that are making them turn away from God? Yeah. Well, we want to we want to welcome them to God. We want to bring them to Christ. Right. I think Philippians 2.5, paraphrasing it, says this, says, on a paraphrase, it says, you know, be Christ-minded in all that we do. Mm. One attitude I took in early recovery when I started talking to people is God was standing right here with us. How would I talk to Albert? Right. 
How would I talk to him? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's I, I think that's 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 good. I think that's it's really important. You know, I always tell people that sometimes too people that are in the world or maybe just don't understand is, you know, especially if you were, you know, you have uh, older friends that were in your life that maybe, you know, knew you before uh, you became, you know, a Christ believer. And then they start seeing you and you're doing <laughs> things just a little bit differently. You're not hanging out as much anymore. You're not doing the same things that you used to do. And now in their eyes, they're like, well, look at this guy. He thinks he's too good to hang out with us. He's Mr. Goody Two Shoes and, and he's this or he's that. And it's that's not even the case. I think what happens is, is, and I tell people is that the more time that we spend with Christ, the more we desire to be like him. And that's exactly what what Christianity is. Christianity isn't a religion, but it's a relationship yeah, with go, Jesus exactly. Christ. Yeah. And so when we come to have a relationship with God, we accept his son, there's an understanding and there, 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 there's a wanting that is satisfied. There's a thirst that we've had for all of our lives that becomes true satisfaction. You look at the, the woman, the Samaritan that was at the well, she had five different husbands, and then she was still living with one that wasn't her husband. And Jesus knew all of these things. So she was, in a sense, what the new generation calls thirsty, right? And so she comes to a well. She's not being able to, she can't be seen by anybody else. She's not able to go with all the rest of the ladies from the village. And yet Jesus is there, and he's waiting for her. And so he gives her and tells her, if you only knew who I was, you would no longer thirst. I will. It becomes a, a, an everlasting quenching of thirst. It's 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 the gift that continues to give, you know. Um, and I think when we come to that realization, there's no longer an object. There's no longer a thing. There's no longer anything else that we're gonna go out and try to satisfy ourselves with. Because everything from a world standpoint, we look into something and it's always a temporary satisfaction. When we come yeah. into a relationship with God, we understand that that satisfaction comes through a continual relationship that we get to have with him. Yep, absolutely. And the, and the other thing, too, that, you know, and alcoholics and officers say we're not a glum lot. In church, we're not a glum lot. I mean... If we're not having fun in life, then and we're not having fun as Christians, you know, then we're doing something wrong, right? Right. I mean, I still, I still hunt with my son. Mm -hmm. You know, I still do all sorts of fun stuff. Yep. Um, we just recently, a couple about a month ago, one of the other guys from from our church called me up and said, hey, "Randy, we got a, I got about twelve guys in recovery. I want to charter a boat. I want to take them out fishing. They've never been out fishing." I said, "Count me in." And so. You know, I can remember that night. We, we, them guys, there was 12 guys. They'd never even been on the ocean before. Mm -hmm. They walked on that boat, and their eyes just, like, popped out of their head. And all of them, none of them had ever caught fish before. Wow. And I'm telling you what, it was such a, it was a blessing for me to be there and hand my pole off. Say, here, here, you guys yeah. catch fish, you know. And so that's that's part of, we, we're, we're having fun. Right, even with our couples group, yep. Kathy and I are real. You know, once a month we get together, and it's like maybe we'll have a quick little lesson. But it's more about, hey guys, look at recovery can be a, a hard enough 
job and it's work a lot of times, right? So our goal is let's have fun. Yeah. You know, let's get together and have fun with each other and can be, you know. So that's the other thing. It's it, it is it's not we're not really stringent. Yeah, God's our God is our Father in heaven. We we, we lean on Him and we pray to Him, but He allows us. He wants us to have fun. Right. He doesn't want us to be a glum lot. Right. You know, and I think that's the other thing that people get. Well, I don't want to be one of them people because they're all tight and they're. No, man. It's like my wife and I have had more fun than I ever had when I was out there drinking and using and partying. Yep. You know, absolutely. So. Yeah. The, you get the wrong sense of who God is when you're not. Um, living for him because of because you see and 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 the church does have a lot to do with that there's been a a, a fake and a false persona of what a christian life really is for generations now and i think that we're, we're we're just now starting to wake up and 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 be able to show people that hey it's not the church it's not the building that's on the corner of the boulevard or the street it's not um you know the religious statues and everything else that you see there there's not this heavy law that we're living by the 10 commandments really it's community you know when 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 jesus left this earth and he 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 left behind the holy spirit and he told peter upon this rock i will build my church church was never meant to be in a building it was exactly how you were talking about is we're breaking bread with people we're inviting people into our homes we are we're doing life with them we're able to to talk with them to help with them to communicate with them to journey with them and to have fun and that's exactly what what jesus and god intended to be when it came to the church it wasn't a condemning church it no. wasn't it wasn't you know you have a father or, or a priest or or a pastor or a preacher that's here to condemn you um like the days of old because a lot of us were were raised in a generation like that you know i had a grandmother we weren't allowed to wear black we weren't allowed to uh, drink soda. We weren't allowed to go to the movies because all of that was the devil. Everything that we did that, that wasn't uh, purified, so to speak, or if you weren't wearing white, you're the devil. And so it was hard, and we came from a generation that is like that. But when you really come to an understanding that all it is is, is, is a simple relationship, you know, and, and God becomes not only um, your father in heaven and God Almighty, but he also becomes your friend. And, and and in Proverbs, he's, it says that he becomes a friend more than, than any other friend. And uh, I think when you're able to realize that, when you realize that, when you're saying this crazy prayer, when you're saying a pray, prayer at night or in the morning when you, when you wake up, you don't have to speak in the King James Version for God to understand you, or you don't need to speak in tongues or, 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 or speak in Hebrew for Him to understand you. You can come to Him and you can speak to Him in the same vocabulary, in the same words, in the same tone that you and me are speaking here right now. Yep. You can even, even express your anger at Him. Absolutely. I mean... He, if you're thinking and he knows it, right? He's got big shoulders, so just yep. let him know. Let you know? him, yeah. he, let he, him have he, it. <laughs> yeah, let him, believe me, I, yep. he, he's not going to condemn you for it. He's right. going to, he's going to, you know, with open arms. Absolutely. You know? And it's funny when you mentioned, you know, can't go to movies and sodas. I remember I couldn't surf on Sundays because I was worshiping, worshiping the devil if I was oh, surfing wow. on Sundays, right? Yeah. And I was actually surfing with, I was being part of God. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, it's it's just, and, you know, we're really lucky. You and I, because of the church we belong to, Destiny Church over here in Indio, you know our, that church is um, allows us, and and it and it meets you where yeah you walk in the you walk in the doors at that church, and 
you know, you're, you're greeted with love. You're not, Absolutely. you know, that, that's how everybody greets you. And, you know, you and I are both a part of the, the dream team and the, yeah. and the lead staff and all that. And, you know, it's a great bunch of people. We all have fun, right. you know, there's no stiff nicks over there. I mean, yeah. um, so yeah, don't, you know, don't, don't let this, this God of a Christian sense, um, you know, don't, don't let that get into your skin, you know, take the time and, 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 and allow yourself to, to find some people that you can really sit down and talk to about God that, that, that will understand you and will listen to you and allow you to, to question the God that you grew up. Because I'm going to tell you right now, you deserve answers. Yeah. You absolutely deserve answers. And when you get those answers, I promise you, if, if you find the right people, you're going to find a God that, you, that you, you'll fall in love with. I, I promise you that. Okay? So... Yeah, I just want to thank Albert today. His, his insight has always been, oh, it's wonderful. Um, he has a lot of insight when we have groups and stuff, and he, he does his own men's group. And So I want to thank you, Albert, for coming here yeah, today absolutely. and doing this with me. Yeah, thank you for having me. Oh, absolutely. It was great. I, I enjoy it. So, hey, uh, I'd like to invite you all, too, to check out um, my book. My book's on Amazon. I've got a book called Healing the Wounded Child Within. Um, it's Healing the Pain of Abuse, and there's a seven-day devotional with that. Um, our seven-day workbook with that. And I also got the 30-day devotional, The Wholeness. They're all on Amazon. The book is in uh, paperback, Kindle, and on Audible. And the um, the other two are just paperback. But you can get those on Amazon. Also check out my website, CourageousHealers.org. We do, we help, uh, help work with men and the families of sexual abuse um, and help them heal those scars of sexual abuse. And then my life coaching channel as well. Uh, change your life story now change your life story now.com if you want some life coaching so thanks for joining us in this episode and we'll see you on the next one this has been the healing courageously podcast introduction be sure to join us every monday as we journey down the road to our happy destiny together also be sure to subscribe to our weekly podcast on iTunes or Google Play. We look forward to our time together.